Chapter Six of the Evil Genius. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Evil Genius by Wilkie Collins. Chapter Six. Sydney teaches. Mrs. Presty had not very seriously exaggerated the truth when she described her much-indulged granddaughter as a child who had never been accustomed to wait for anything since the day when she was born. Governesses in general would have found it no easy matter to produce a favorable impression on Kitty and to exert the necessary authority in instructing her at the same time. Spoiled children, whatever moralists may say to the contrary, are companionable and affectionate children for the most part, except when they encounter the unfortunate persons employed to introduce them to useful knowledge. Mr. and Mrs. Linley, guiltily conscious of having been too fond of their only child to subject her to any sort of discipline, were not very willing to contemplate the prospect before Miss Westerfield on her first establishment in the schoolroom. To their surprise and relief, there proved to be no cause for anxiety after all without making an attempt to assert her authority the new governess succeeded nevertheless when older and wiser women would have failed the secret of sydney's triumph over adverse circumstances lay hidden in sydney herself everything in the ordinary routine of life at mount morven was a source of delight and surprise to the unfortunate creature who had passed through six years of cruelty insult and privation at her aunt's school look where she might in her new sphere of action she saw pleasant faces and heard kind words at meal-times wonderful achievements in the art of cookery appeared on the table which she had not only never tasted but never even heard of when she went out walking with her pupil they were free to go where they pleased without restriction of time except the time of dinner to breathe the delicious air, to look at the glorious scenery, were enjoyments so exquisitely exhilarating that by Sidney's own confession she became quite light-headed with pleasure. She ran races with Kitty, and nobody reproved her. She rested out of breath while the stronger child was ready to run on, and no merciless voice cried, None of your laziness, time's up. Wild flowers that she had never yet seen might be gathered, and no offence was committed. Kitty told her the names of the flowers and the names of the summer insects that flashed and hummed in the hillside breezes, and was so elated at teaching her governess that her rampant spirits burst out in singing. Your turn next, the joyous child cried, when she too was out of breath. Sing, Sidney, sing. Alas for Sidney, she had not sung since those happiest days of her childhood when her good father had told her fairy stories and taught her songs. They were all forgotten now. I can't sing, Kitty. I can't sing. The pupil, hearing this melancholy confession, became governess once more. Say the word, Sid, and hum the tune after me. They laughed over the singing lesson until the echoes of the hills mocked them and laughed too. Looking into the schoolroom one day, Mrs. Lindley found that the serious business of teaching was not neglected. The lessons went on smoothly, without an obstacle in the way. Kitty was incapable of disappointing her friend and playfellow, who made learning easy with a smile and a kiss. 
the balance of authority was regulated to perfection in the lives of these two simple creatures in the schoolroom the governess taught the child out of the schoolroom the child taught the governess division of labor was a principle in perfect working order at mount morven and nobody suspected it but as the weeks followed each other one more remarkable circumstance presented itself which every person in the household was equally quick to observe the sad sydney westerfield whom they all pitied had now become the pretty sydney westerfield whom they all admired it was not merely a change it was a transformation kitty stole the hand glass from her mother's room and insisted that her governess should take it and look at herself papa says you're as plump as a partridge and mamma says you're as fresh as a rose and uncle randall wags his head and tells them he saw it from the first i heard it all when they thought i was playing with my doll and i want to know you best of nice girls what do you think of your own self i think my dear it's time we went on with our lessons wait a little sid i have something else to say what is it it's about papa he goes out walking with us doesn't he yes he didn't go out walking with me before you came here i've been thinking about it and i'm sure papa likes you what are you looking in the drawer for for your lesson books dear yes but i haven't quite done yet papa talks a good deal to you and you don't talk much to papa don't you like him oh kitty then you do like him how can i help liking him i owe all my happiness to your papa do you like him better than mamma i should be very ungrateful if i liked anybody better than your mamma kitty considered a little and shook her head i don't understand that she declared roundly what do you mean sydney cleaned the pupil's slate and set the pupil's sum and said nothing kitty placed a suspicious construction of her own on her governess's sudden silence perhaps you don't like my wanting to know so many things she suggested or perhaps you meant to puzzle me sydney sighed and answered i'm puzzled myself end of chapter six